Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today we're going to be talking about things I barely understand. So we've got a student that submitted a question. He's working on BI reports. He's talking about a lot of acronyms. I'm way out of my depth, so I'm calling in some professional help. So Jessica Wolf and Derek Keith are here. Thank you both for joining the call. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, so before we get started, we should talk about Jessica's hip because she's very old and infirm. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we were supposed to do this podcast yesterday and of course I um, ended up being a problem. So I went to go get a hip injection. Um, of cortisone, I'm old, yeah, but um, almost immediate relief. But so funny, I'm sitting with the doctor and I'm asking him, like, so how many of these have you done on a human? How many have you done on a cadaver? And right before he's getting ready to like put the needle in, I'm like, would you lie to me? Have you really done these before? I'm sure I totally made him feel so bad, but afterwards it was so good. Um, I, I feel like my age again, I guess. So I was feeling like a 50, 60, maybe 70 year old. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> but like, oh man, it hurts so bad, but today he's feeling a lot better. So thank you for uh, right. rescheduling. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Derek, how are you? Are you <laughs> I'm, all right? I'm old. Oh. Okay. I feel my aches, my back hurts. Oh. So. That's all right, no coder zone shots for me. I'm technically the oldest person on the podcast, but I'm not going to complain about anything. We're going to get to Mahesh's questions. So Mahesh was in my class last week. Mm -hmm. He came up and asked me questions. He started talking about business intelligence reports and ETL stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm way out of my depth. Thankfully, both of you guys have done this kind of work. So I'm going to play the questions so that everybody can hear it. Hi, my name is Mahesh, and the question I had is... As a product owner for a BI reporting platform, I typically get requests for new reports. And this might entail uh, bringing the data from a CRM platform or any other platform into the data warehouse. So that requires building ETL for that and then developing the report on top of that, uh, which typically cannot be done within like a two-week sprint. So how would I go about uh, taking this requirement uh, from the customer and converting into shippable user, user stories uh, that can be delivered through, through, this, uh, through a Scrum methodology? Thanks. So he's got reports he has to create. They're too big to fit into a sprint. Before we get into that, just in case there's folks watching who don't know about business intelligence stuff, who don't know about the report generation, and don't know what ETL is, can one of you give like a very quick explanation of what that is? Jessica. I was gonna say, Derek. Because <laughs> I look at it from a product perspective. He's gonna, he'll be able to tell you more from an ETL perspective for sure. For people who are not familiar with all this stuff, um, which I barely am, I know enough to know that I'm out of my depth. When people are talking about business intelligence reports, what kind of stuff is that? What kind of work is that? So the way I looked at it, back in the day, we had a data warehouse. And uh, so it was just, just tons and tons of data that the uh, enterprise was collecting on their customers or, or different, let's just say different things. And what they're going to do is they're going to look at that data from different perspectives and they're going to chronicle that data or they're going to create a dictionary of that data and then they're going to use that data to create reports hopefully things that will inform the business and so that's what the the business intelligence team does is they take that data and they try to give it meaning 
and then create uh, something that is consumable by the organization. Okay, so an ETL, Jessica, you said it's extract, extract, transform, and load? Yeah, so in essence, there are many different places that they can get this data from. We need to extract it from wherever it is. So like um, some companies, uh, they have data feeds that come from different places where they have to extract that data, put into a data lake. Then they actually need to massage the data, transform it, make it useful, and then they can load it up into something like a report. Um, so I guess that would be kind of the uh, essence of it without getting into too many details of the technology. Okay, and just to show you how old I am, I remember doing stuff similar to this, but with EDI, so I didn't even know about data. Ah, yeah. Um, all right, so he's got to create these reports, he's got to pull stuff from all over the place, he's got to figure out what data he needs, how to put it together in a way that it's able to be put into some kind of report, and right. that's going to take longer than two weeks. Absolutely. So his question was, coming out of, out of a Scrum class, how can you put together a story, or how can you capture the requirements in some way? that he can actually get something done in a sprint that they can show to somebody. Because I, I keep going back and if you can't have work with this in a sprint. Right. And my, what I said to him was, there's probably another way to look at this work that you're just not accustomed to. Because you know, that's just been my experience. When people can't figure out how to break it up, they just haven't thought of a way to do it yet. Yeah. Um, but you guys totally have agree. more experience with this. So I'm going to now hand it over to you. Have at it. Yay. So I'm going to start on the product side, and then I'm going to let Derek take over the process side, because really I think it starts with product and what they're asking for. A lot of times um, what I've noticed, being somebody uh, more on the developer team than a product owner, and I've been guilty of, as, of this as a product owner, is that what I'm asking for is I'm telling them how to do it, and I'm not telling them the value I need. So I'm saying, I need this okay. report with these columns, these rows, and I need it uh, once a month, right? Uh, I want to get into the, re at, going from the other standpoint, I want to get into the reasons why. So if I'm the developer, there might be an easier way to get you this information. Uh, and you're asking, like for me, I'm like, well, I might need this, I might need that, I might need all these things. And it turns into a bigger thing than it doesn't, that it doesn't have to be. So when we think about all of the data that's needed in a report, and where they're getting that data from. Maybe the web services and thing, and listeners and things like that aren't built yet, so those those are underlying things. And if it's for data that isn't as meaningful for me, then maybe we can cut some of that stuff out to get them that report faster. Okay, so sort of like the skateboard instead of the car. Uh -huh. Yeah, I would say the shoes first. Let's get them some, like socks on their feet. Show them the socks. Like they, Let's get them feet. Yeah, <laughs> like, like we don't necessarily, like, in that first sprint, we don't have to deliver the finished product, but let's show them where we're getting to. So we might say, okay, well, we need to access this feed that we don't have access to yet. So we're going to go to this vendor to get this feed. That's going to take a little bit of time. This is the work that we did, and now this is where we're at. We know that we can get these data points. Now, how do we want to make these data points relational to other data points? That could be another story, right? Okay. So you're not so much worried about the fact that they can't give you like feedback from the perspective of, this is what the customer would think because the customer doesn't care and isn't going to see this stuff. Right. I still would include the customer somewhat in the process, though. So this way they understand the level of effort that's happening when they ask for this. And it might change their direction in the future when they ask for these type of things. Okay. All right, Derek, do you have any thoughts on this? I do. So the experience <laughs> I've had... I could certainly share. Um, <laughs> So I would say about uh, probably 10 years ago, I was working with a company 
I was a coach, and they uh, they were a medical supplier, okay, and they needed a report. So someone in purchasing needed a report, and it was the same problem. It came into a team, and they go, "We need this report for purchasing," and so I'm, and again, I don't even remember the the type. It was back in the day. There were like different. Uh, reports that you could use not it wasn't SQL reporting services but it was something some system what was it think of a table so they came with very specific requests saying we need this report and as Jessica was saying oh we need these columns these rows da, 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 da. and the, and the team said yeah we can't get that because we don't even know where the data is and so the analyst in the team pushed back, actually the product owner on the team pushed back on the business and said, so what, do you, what specifically do you need this data for? You know, what the, what it, do you know the information that you really need? And the purchaser was, well, actually, no, we're not absolutely sure. What we were hoping for you to do was give us the report. We were gonna run the report and then see what was working and then we were going to come and ask you to change the report again and again and again <laughs> until we found the information that we really need. Wow. And so the team stopped short right there and they're like, okay, wait a second. So how can we provide value to this customer? Because there's like all the other customers. They don't know what they want until they see it. And so yeah. with that approach, the team kept stepping back again and again and again going, what can we give them within the sprint? To, okay. to give us clarity. And so they arrived at, we're going to give them a dump to Excel. And okay. then they're going to figure it out. And so over the next, so they're going to hold the customer accountable a little bit saying, we're going to give you a dump of the system where you know the data is coming from. We're going to dump it to Excel. It's up to you to figure out what fields you start to use where the data is informative. And right. then you're going to come back and tell us which fields are actually meaningful and how you're using it. And again, that shared responsibility gave the team some time, but also they wound up not wasting a lot of time building a report that the customer really wasn't going to use. So I want to ask you guys a question. So I'm trying. The closest I came to this was when I did work at Chesapeake, and there was a lot of data that had to be captured about the wells and the drills and the mud and all that stuff, and all the different places had to be pulled together for different reports. Somebody comes in, they say, "I need." these columns whatever from these tables and i'm going to say well do you really need that they say no is it do you think it would be okay to say all right in this sprint let's just pull two pieces of data and put them together make sure we can do that show you what these look like together if you need them both we can add a third and we can just build it iteratively or is that just a waste of time is that that the first thing that you were talking about Derek, when they were saying we're just going to keep changing it i i believe that they don't even know what they don't even know what done is. They just needed. They knew. Well, they asked for a report, but what they needed was that information, and so okay. we needed to help them understand what the information they even needed. So, the un I say, unfortunately, when they say we need this data, this data, this data, that's like asking from a customer asking the team for technical implementation of something versus saying I need this. And yeah. and to your point. You know, yeah, absolutely. You can if if they have certainty around a field that they saw in another report, well, then you can give them that and verify it, and then come back and add another field and another field and another field. And you could probably do this in short succession, but 
again, it's confirming what they really need, you know, versus what they think they want, and then okay. iteratively deploy value to them. You know, okay. um, even okay. taking a step back from that too, though, if you can help walk them through the process in their business life of where they actually are needing this information, like at what point are you saying, oh, I'm going to look at this report? What's happening, right? So what, what question is it answering for you at that moment? How often do you need the report? Because if we can come back to uh, what value it's bringing you, then we can start to figure out, okay, well, how does the information here relate to answering that question that you need to answer at that time? So really getting back to the business purpose of it, I think really yeah. drives what those requirements should be. And sometimes so both of you are kind of pointing at that. They yeah. should gotta go back to the business and figure that out first. Yeah. And it's so important for, I think, the development team to understand the business need. And that's where I think the business sometimes doesn't realize that sometimes maybe you need to get your developer to sit with you and, and, and actually show them what you do. All right. So, Jessica, when you started, you were talking about getting stuff from different places and putting them in wakes and things like that. Um, one of the things that, that I used to have to do was work with teams to get data from here, data from there, and just put it into some new database that we would set up just so that something else could feed off of it. Mm -hmm. It had to be converted and adjusted and all this stuff. Is that the kind of thing, if I'm setting up that new database, which is just going to be the thing that we draw water from, um, is that something that you guys would consider to be value, valuable for a customer? Because it's not like we're going to ship it to a customer. It's just an interim step. And what I'm trying to avoid is delivering work for like the development team or the QA team. Is, is that, that interim step still valuable or not? If we can pull from it to show something, even if it's just an XML export, yeah. Okay. So, so it can be stuff that's sort of part of the workflow process or what will eventually be the workflow process, just so we can demonstrate we can actually do well, this. I guess that will be the value, right? Well, let me say this. There's two steps, right? You can still build your report and stub out the data because you're going to be, like, if you're thinking about how an API calls to the database, right? So we're going to assume the data is there, even though on the back end, maybe people are actually building it, but we can stub out that data and produce fake data. Um, fake your not, report, yeah. yeah. Fake it till you make it. Show them, okay, this is what it's going to look like. We still have a bit of work to do to connect to the database, but this is what you can expect to see. So we can so stub out the report. Is it wrong to expect that when they come in and say, I want a report, that they're going to be able to tell me what the report should tell them. I mean, it seems like that would be, and maybe this is why you guys are saying go back to the business need, but if somebody came in and said, build me a report, like, okay, what do you want in it? They're like, I don't know, what do you got? Like, <laughs> That's right. Go away. That's what happens though. They don't know what they want and they're trying to, again, it's always coming back to the business saying, well, what value is it gonna provide you? And sometimes they are, they're under different motivations you know, maybe they have to create reports. Maybe that's what, or maybe, you know, they're being, they're getting credit for, or for having you create reports for them. I don't know. This is why the product owner job is absolutely on a scrum team, in my opinion, the hardest job because you are that liaison that is going to try to bring real value to the business and not necessarily just be a task handler, right? You're the person okay. who gets to help make the decisions about what value looks like, and you're gonna collaborate with your development team on the best way to do that. Okay, so to try to recap it, the first thing would be to kind of push back on the business and, and make sure that they understand what they're asking for and make sure that there's clarity on what they're gonna use it for and why they need it. I, 
I wouldn't say push back. Work with them. Because I hate the term push okay. back because it's, it's kind of like an argument there, right? Instead, we're going to hug each other and figure out, like, what the actual need is. I, it's a little late. It's like 8.30 at night, so I'm being lovey-dovey. It's been a long day. I'm thinking about <laughs> hugging clients, and it just feels really me too awkward. Um, <laughs> Virtual hug. I, I guess when I say push back, to me, that's um, healthy conflict. Where yeah. Absolutely. Pushing back to try to sharpen the idea. Yeah. Um, but if if they have once we have clarity on that, that finding ways to bring pieces of that in are okay if we know where we're going. What we want to avoid is just putting a whole ton of stuff into a report that's going to take four sprints to do. We've got right. to find some way to make that smaller. What if we know all the stuff, and it really is four sprints of work? Then we still show them stuff iteratively. Derek, you can jump in. I've been right. I mean, that's. That's what I would want to do, again, is give it to them quick and dirty and let them play with it and verify that that's really what they needed or wanted. And it might be I give them four spreadsheets, you know, because they're, I'm coming from four different data sources. And at the okay. end, what we're trying to do is take one spreadsheet, you know, one database and take an output from that and make it an input into the next database, whatever. We're going to create a view or something or to create this okay. report. Well, again, give it give them the individual pieces and let them figure it out and then come back to them and find out what was valuable, what was not valuable. And they might say, oh, you gave us all this information or all this data. Right, but we didn't prevent you from get, you know, solving your immediate problem. We, did, we weren't the impediment. Uh, we gave okay. you some options, and then, but there was a positive byproduct because now you know more of what you need and so now we can go back and we can give you a report that's meaningful instead of iterating on the report again and again and again. Okay. What, what if, if, if we set it out like Jessica, Jessica said, said, could we, we just fill it in like a little bit at a time? Would that work as well? Well, you're summing it out. There's some dummy give, data yeah. in the whole thing, but at the end of the first sprint, we've got live feature two of the fields. And then the next sprint, we've added two more. We just work on it that way. Well, no, I, I, made I take pause with that. I, and I only take pause with that. Umbridge. Because... Take umbrage. Don't take pause. Take okay. umbrage. Umbridge. I'll take umbrage. Um, again, worked with a client many years ago, government contract. They had front-end group, the back-end group. Front-end group was six months out ahead of the back-end group. They designed these beautiful reports, beautiful interfaces, uh, the next contractor showed up to do the back end group and they threw their hands in there. What the hell? You know, they wound up being the enemy because suddenly they were saying, yeah, the data doesn't support the designs that the first, of the first group provided the customer. Okay. Customer fell in love with the design, but there was no data to support it. And so be careful if you're stubbing out a report if, there's, if you haven't identified the underlying data that, that's going to feed it. I agree with that okay. notion. Luckily, I think we're dealing with the back-end people to answer his question, right? Because they're the ETL team. I'm yeah. hoping, right? So let's assume that we Absolutely. have the back We're going to assume that we have the back-end people there. So I'm going to say, if best-case scenario, why not give a combination of giving them the Excel spreadsheets, giving them the data they need so this way they can start mind-wetting that looks like, and us creating something that is a framework of kind of what they might want to see as we iterate right so like we're saying okay so, you have this data we're thinking it might look this way we're not actually giving them the, the stubbed out report to to like hold and have we're going to do that in the sprint review or even before i don't necessarily um 
say so this when you're ready to make the front end people happy too because we're going to figure all the pieces out before we ask them to build anything right yeah mm-hmm. we can do it all together I mean, they're never happy so that'd be good well unfortunately i mean think of the process of building a report it usually starts with the data and then you're trying to render it in a in a in a way that's helpful to the customer and so so you, you gotta again i've i've had the process of where we would stop short of letting people get to the report writer or the report specialist because in order for it to be ready to be worked by the specialist you know we had to have clarity around the data the data sources okay. you know making designing the report that was easy you're just moving elements around a page it was getting yeah. that data and getting it right that was uh, that was the heavy lift and that was what we really needed to have ready first okay cool all right guys thank you very much for doing this um Ash, i hope that was helpful to you and i appreciate your patience and for letting me record you ask the questions so um thank you both i'm looking at the screen now so i can say hey thanks i hope you guys have a great night and uh if you have any questions you can send them to date.priorityleadingazure.com we'll put them in a future podcast jessica what if they want to get in touch with you at the jessica wolf on twitter or jessica.wolf at leadingagile.com all right and derek and what I'm, if they want to take umbrage with you? At Derek Ether, at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.